Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Just put your hands out in front of you. Close your eyes for a minute. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. Wow, Holy Spirit, you're here, but Holy Spirit, come. There's no end to the Holy Spirit, and we can always receive more. You know, I was thinking during worship, I want the Holy Spirit inside of me to connect with the Holy Spirit upon me like dynamite. I have some things that I do want to share tonight, but I've been feeling this week just in preparation that this is going to be a night of encounters. And I don't ever want to fabricate anything. I don't want to force anything. But we never have to force the Holy Spirit to show up. He's actually desiring to be with us more than we're desiring to be with him. The Father is here and he wants to encounter us. Hmm, those of you that know me know that I don't do things normal sometimes. Let me get all the youth, all the youth that are normally sitting back on the sides, all the way in the back. Why don't you guys come up front? All of you guys come up front. All of you guys come up front. All of you youth that sit in the back, why don't you just guys line yourself up right up here in front. You can sit down, you can lay down. As soon as I did that, I just felt something, and I'm going to go ahead and follow what I'm feeling. Some of you won't like it. That's okay with me. I feel like there's the grandparent generation, the generation that has wisdom that we sometimes forsake because we see things differently. But there's a generation that we need to honor. There's a generation that... When Saul put his armor on David, David had a choice to make. He could have either rejected the offer or he could have tried it. And in trying it, he honored the generation before him. And he told him it didn't fit and he had to do it his way, but he tried it. There was something in that decision to try on the armor that created, I think, I'm reading between the lines, but I think that David's victory came from honoring the generation before him. I believe that if David had come in arrogantly and said, I'm not trying on your armor because I have a better way, I don't know if the story would have ended the same. I believe there's something hidden in that story that by David's willingness to try on the armor of Saul, try on the armor of someone else that has told him, I know a way to do this that that honor actually created the victory inside of David. And as I called these young people up here, I felt like, let's get that grandparent generation, that generation that's gone before. Why don't you guys come up as well? Come on up here. Why don't you guys, hey, you young people, spread out, spread out some, spread out some. I want you intermixed with that grandparent generation. And there's something significant to this. There's generational blessings sitting in front of all of us. 
we're getting a visual of what God is actually wanting to do. He's wanting to see himself poured out amongst the generations. It's not the younger generation that's leading us somewhere. It's not the older generation that hasn't. We're not just going to reflect on the memories of what was, and we're not just going to focus on what the possibilities are before us. But we're going to celebrate the reality of God working amongst all the generations to see his glory known all across the earth. Amen? I want us to have our hearts positioned tonight, no matter where you are in here, no matter where you fit. If you're visiting, welcome. Dive right in, your family tonight. But let's position our hearts for something. Let's position our hearts for change. A true encounter with God cannot leave you unmarked or unchanged. So if you come to a place and you, I've encountered God, and you walk out and you're the same person when you've walked out, you've had an experience, not an encounter. And I want us to encounter the living God tonight. Just position your hearts. I want us to just have another song of worship. We may be flowing in and out of worship throughout the night because there's something significant about that corporate, corporate unity and turning our affections and singing our praises, singing our worship to God as one body. There's going to be a lot of individual encounters, but we're all going to share in what God's doing because we're here united tonight. So let's just turn our hearts and worship for a moment.
fast, I've been, I've been doing a lot of reflecting. <laughs> and I know that we've had, we have an intention for this fast. We're going after something. But I've found that with the, the time that I'm actually hungering, those, those times that I'm actually putting aside to create more hunger for him, I've been reflecting a lot. And I gave my life to the Lord 23 years ago, and I've, had, I've reflected on a lot of things these last couple of weeks. And there have been marking moments and marking encounters and marking decisions that have been made over the years. And I feel like what's been stirring in me is that you listen to the, the preachers around the world right now and people are talking about there's something coming. There's something coming. Does anybody else feel there's something coming? Like, it's not this, hey, more is coming like we've seen before. It, it feels like this. If you know anything about surfing, it feels like you're sitting there and we're waiting for the sets and it's like, oh, I, I see the next set. It's coming. It's coming. And what I feel like, I've been saying this for a while, I feel like a tidal wave's coming. Like, we're not ready for what's coming. Thank God, I don't want to be ready for what's coming. Because I don't want to have a comprehension, an understanding, or a comfort level of what I'm about to encounter with God. I want to be swept away by His glory. I want my thinking to be reframed. I want my emotional capacity to be readjusted. I want my wineskin to burst and a new one to be birthed. And I've been feeling this last couple weeks that there is a call to holiness. And you cannot accomplish holiness. He is holy. affirm his holiness by taking our actions and working towards holiness but you will never be holy outside of him but he's calling us to holiness so if I cannot be holy without him that means I have to get as close to him as possible to become holier God is calling us to intimacy he's calling us to surrender he's calling us to holiness because what we have to become is something that the world is not. I had this vision of a whole bunch of lamps lined up along a wall, and it felt like it was almost like, I don't know, it's kind of funny to say, it felt like they were living. And I literally felt like there was a man that walked through, and I knew it was Jesus, and he kept touching certain lamps. And when he touched these lamps, because none of these lamps had cords, and they were all off, they were dark. And he kept going by and he kept touching these lamps. And when he touched them, it was like an, a cord came out. It was almost like an umbilical cord because they were born again. And this cord came out. And they plugged, immediately plugged into the wall. But I saw a tear in his eye because I saw that not all the lamps lit up. Some were plugged in, but not all lit up. They weren't actually accessing power. They weren't becoming the light of the world. There was something that happened to them, but nothing happened after that. And I felt stirred. I'm like, God, is my light shining? God, is my light shining? Not does my light shine at church. Does my light shine when I'm in front of the right people? When I'm alone, does my light shine? When I'm encountering people out there that hate me, does my light shine? When I'm facing the circumstances around me that do not feel hope-filled, does my light shine? God, I want my light to shine. I don't want to be dim. And in worship, that's why I got up earlier, I felt like there's this feel like there's this separation for some of us that we're not quite confident in who we are in God or who he is in us. 
break past that. In Psalm 10, David is complaining to God and he's expressing his feelings of distance and abandonment from God. You guys ever read the Psalms? Some of them, it's like, it's David. You know, David, the one who's, he's after God's heart. It's like he's known as the man after God's heart. And some of the Psalms, he's like, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? You're so far. You've abandoned us. Why, why, why? And then the very next chapter, he's like, you're so near. You're my protector. You're my savior. It's like, is he bipolar? No, he's real. See, being real doesn't disqualify you. It just means you're not a fake Christian. David had a real relationship with God. And I think, honestly, a lot of Christians, what they do is they get caught in this pattern of actually telling God what they think they want him to hear instead of what they're feeling. How many of you have those relationships in your life and you want honesty and every time you talk to them, they give you fluff? A couple people. I have those relationships around me. Everyone does. And there's this sadness in me when I have those relationships. It's like, gosh, if you would just be real with me. I don't care if you're angry. I don't care if you're hurt. Just be real. Because if you're not fully known, you can't be fully loved. And if you're bottling up and hiding your emotions and not being real with your feelings, you're not actually being fully known. Now, God knows anyway. That's the funny part is we sometimes hide things from God thinking that he doesn't know they're there. He wants us to be raw and real. He wants us to be raw and real. God gave me this revelation. I'm going to just briefly touch on it. It'll be in a sermon I'm going to speak on soon. But trust cannot be held in other people. I cannot have to have trust in someone to allow that to be the hindrance to my freedom. Because if I'm fully vulnerable and fully free, I don't require qualifications to trust you. Because I see you through the lens of freedom, not through the lens of can I be free with you. I want to be so vulnerable that I have nothing to hide. That no one has anything that can hurt me because I'm not afraid of anything being seen or known about me. That's a scary thing to say out loud and a scary thing to try to walk out, but God get me there. Get me to a place where I'm so transparent that the only thing that can be seen is you through me. How many of you know God has made a covenant with all of us? How many of you know that God is a covenant-making God? How many of you know that he continues to make covenants? He's not an old covenant ended covenant. He's a continuous covenantal God. It's time for us to make covenant with God. Some of you have dreams that have never been fulfilled. Some of you have disappointments. Some of you have things you've been contending for that you've not seen breakthrough in. But I want to encourage you to talk to God about it. Like actually open your mouth and talk to God. Talk with him until you hear him talk back. See, sometimes we're like, God, answer this. God doesn't speak to me. And you walk away discouraged and you, you affirm to everyone else, I just don't hear God. You may be preventing the voice of God coming to you by you actually professing you don't hear him. What if you actually changed the change the words coming out of your mouth mouth to affirm that you always hear God? My God speaks to me daily. I hear his voice when he speaks. 
when I'm in my wilderness places, those places where I don't hear or see him, I say, God, I see you in my everyday. I hear you every day. You're constantly speaking to me. You're never far away from me. Because that's the truth regardless of what I'm aware of in the moment. And if I continue to speak truth, my awareness begins to shift to the reality of truth, not the reality of circumstance. What I want you to do tonight, and I think this is important for tonight, this is one of the strongest things I felt for tonight. I think it's time for us to make covenants with God. Every one of us in here has something that you have either been disappointed in, you've not yet seen, questions you have, desires, prophetic words that you've had passion for that you're still waiting on. All of us have something that we're like, God, I want to make covenant with you tonight to see these things pass. And you need to come open-handed. I can't come to God and say, God, I know you can do this if I'm not going to dictate or negotiate what's required for this covenant. I'm going to respond what he's asking me to do in this covenant. Come ready to put yourself on the altar. He doesn't need anything we have. He doesn't need anything that we have. But there's something about meeting with God and saying, my heart's cry is that I'll do anything to be close to you. There's nothing that you have. There's nothing you own. There's nothing in this world that's not worth letting go of for him. See, the Bible says that God lights a fire on the altar, but it's the priests that keep it burning. I want to say that again. I want you to hear that. The Bible says that God puts the fire on the altar. He receives the sacrifice but it's the priests that keep the fire burning. That means we have a responsibility to continuously put things on the altar to keep the flame going. It's our responsibility. He brings the fire, but we maintain it. It isn't God that makes the fire go out. It's that people stop getting on the altar and saying, here I am, Lord, take me. Have a, let's have a little bit of altar time. Doesn't mean you have to come up to this. Where you are is an altar. Your altar is the position of your heart. Your altar is saying, God, here I am, take me. There's nothing that I have that I'm not willing to give. God, take all of me. If you have to destroy everything that's standing here to be closer I'll do it. Because if he's going to destroy anything in your life, it's the thing that's preventing intimacy with him. It's not anything that's going to progress you forward. So just allow him. We're just going to sit in this place for a little bit. And I want you to have some altar time. I want you to position your heart and say, God, here I am. I am the sacrifice.
there's been a delay on things because of circumstances, because of life events, and you question, is this God saying no? Is this the enemy preventing me? And I'm going to tell you it's neither. It's just a circumstance, but God's word has still stayed true for you. I'm feeling there's more than three or four, but there are people that have been called to another nation. And for a couple of you, it has not made sense. It has not made sense for you to leave everything to go to another nation. And I, I feel like God's just reminding you about that. He's reminding you, I've called you someplace. Will you go? Will you go? say, will you go and will you come? Will you go and will you come? Will you go and will you come? Some of you, he's calling into his arms. He's calling into his heart. He's calling you back from a place that was distance. But some of you were there, but he's saying, will you go now? Will you go? Because I'm asking you to go. I'm asking you to trust me and leave what's comfortable. Leave what's normal. Leave what's secure. I'm calling you to actually go for my sake. Will you come? Will you go?
asking myself the question that if I really believe what I think I believe, is eternity my focus? Am I so consumed by what's going on right now that I'm losing sight of what's actually important? And I started reflecting upon when I used to work I used to work for Apple, I used to work for CITV, I worked out in the world and I still went to church all the time because church isn't something I do, it's part of who I am. My walk with God isn't a, a function or an action, it's just an overflow of my life. And I remember having these moments in time where I would have to look at my heart and say, am I working for a job sake, for success sake, for money sake, for provision sake, for all these things, or am I working unto the Lord? Am I doing it to glorify my Father? When I do what I do, do I represent the Father in what I do? some of you think the world and the earth is in a really bad place and that the world is evil and that the world and the world and the world and you can go down the list of all the things you hate. My Bible says the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. 
your lips speak of anything that does not glorify the Lord or bless or speak on his behalf, you have unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having had, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. So I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will go for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Who will go on behalf of heaven? Who will go to represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? And then I said, here I am. Send me. Is your heart's cry, here I am, God, send me. When you go to work every day, are you saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Are you representing the king wherever you go? I had somebody challenge me once, and they said, for one week, every decision you make to move, Ask yourself, am I doing it out of response to the Lord's leading? Here I am, send me. I got to go to work. Here I am, send me, God. I'm going to the store. Here I am, send me. Because when I position my heart to say, here I am, send me, I'm going on behalf of the king who sent me, not on my own works. And I go with the mindset that I'm going to glorify my king. Here I am. Just close your eyes. Begin to picture that story. You're in heaven. You're seeing the Lord of Lords. And a voice is crying out, Whom shall we send? Whom shall we send? Send me. Just begin to say this. Here I am. Say it with him. Here I am, here I am, send me. Now be careful, he will. Here I am. Say it if you mean it. Here I am. Because if you say it, he'll send you. Here I am. Some of you are saying a scary statement right now and it's good. Here I am.
wrong with him. He saw God, then he saw what was wrong with him. And as soon as he saw what was wrong with him, the seraphim came with the coal. It was the coal touching his lips that moved him from woe is me to here I am, send me. And we have to be careful. You can't just say, send me without the coal. You can't say, send me, if the coal hasn't cleansed your lips. If you're walking around with guilt and shame and condemnation, you're going to have a woe is me in your heart when your body is trying to go. You can't have a woe is me in your heart when your body's trying to go to the other nations, when your body's trying to go on missions, when your body's trying to go touch people's lives. You can't go in your body if your heart still says, woe is me. You have to have the coal. You have to have the coal. You have to have the cleansing. You have to have the iniquity removed. You have to have the sin cleansed. You have to have your lips cleansed. Without it, your, your body's the only thing that goes. You can't remove guilt and shame from other people if it's still inside of you. This encounter tonight is not just for you to leave the church and go into missions. It's not for favor with other countries. It's not for favor with other churches. It's not just for favor. This is to break something off of the world that the devil introduced. When it gets broken off you, when the condemnation's off you, when the shame is off you, you'll go remove it from these countries, from these lands, from these churches, from these places. When the guilt is off you, it comes off them. Holy Spirit, we pray. Let the seraphim come right now. God, let the seraphim come with the coal. Cleanse our lips, God. Cleanse our lips. Cleanse our lives. Cleanse the shame. Remove the shame. Remove the guilt. Remove the condemnation. That's what has to come off the nations. It has to come off you. The condemnation off. The shame off. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. The gospel brings brings something called no more consciousness of sin. The gospel brings no more consciousness of sin. God, that's what we pray tonight. No more consciousness of sin. Move us from woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Move us tonight. Let our hearts just automatically cry out. Here I am, send me. I can't help but go. I can't help but go because I've been cleansed. I want to give away what I got tonight. If you've been separated, if you've been living a life that's not where it's supposed to have been, if you're feeling something inside you going, I know, I know I need to get back there. I know I need to get surrendered again. If that's you, I want you to make your way over here. Just get up and come over here. If you've actually been walking away from the Lord, even if you've loved him, you've still lived a life loving him, but you haven't lived a life for him. I want you to come up and come over here to the front. the very nature of God. Encounters can't be just for an experience sake. If you're not changed by the encounter, it's just an experience. And God wants you to actually get transformed by his presence. Spirit is evidence 
of change in our lives and the awareness that he's the only true source. And I love the way the Passion Translation talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness in your heart. And strength of the Spirit. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Father, right now I pray that in this whole room, even those that aren't up front, even those that are here just sitting, encountering your presence, God, I pray that there's an encounter that changes us tonight. Father, I pray that we do not leave here the same. We leave here changed. That the fruit of your spirit begins to manifest in our actions, our day-to-day. That people around us see a light in us and wonder why we're different. God, I pray the people here are not the same as the people in the world. That we don't resemble the world, that we resemble you. And the world cries out, what is it in you that I don't have? God, let us be the Jesus to our neighbors. Let us be the Jesus to our coworkers. Let us be that first thing that they see so that we can turn and point to you saying it is him that gets the glory and the honor. kids church go grab them bring them back in here we don't want you to leave without experiencing everything he has for you but bring your kids in here they should be in here with you there's nothing greater than your children watching you encounter God that you're willing to jealously guard. When your hunger for him increases and creates affection and intimacy, you begin to become more aware of him in every area of your life. And it begins to change you and how you experience everything in your life. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com.